0: tonight, in all of our cities and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again.
2: What a song,
0: what a song.
2: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank
3: you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we had a fantastic show last night. Uh, great guests, perfect dialogue, uh, unbelievable flow, everything you could want in a show. Uh, it's, it's pretty fantastic. You know, we, we resonate so well with one another. Um, Definitely certain things I did not get to last night that I will get to tonight. Uh, Like always, uh, I hope your day and week is going accordingly. I hope it's productive. I hope it's going well. Uh, I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors and guests. Uh, You are all amazing. Uh, The show just keeps getting more popular and better and better. We're listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any past clips, past episodes, or any 24 7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, N-E-X, Gen, com. Also, remember, mark your calendar, and I just want to give everybody the complete show schedule. So, this Thursday, we will not be on the air. I just want to announce that right now. Uh, I have an event to go to, as well as there's a Trump rally. So, you know, usually from now on, whenever there's going to be a Trump rally, Um, most of the time I will not be doing a show, just to let everybody know. And, you know, it's – because usually the Trump rallies fall during the show time, and most people want to be watching Trump, including myself. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to make that clear. Or or, uh, I've also thought about maybe doing it at a different time on days there's Trump rallies. But we'll see. But just to let everybody know on a regular week, uh, the show will be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern to midnight, as usual, and then you can find me on AM radio, KFNX 1100, in your car on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. But yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of big plans for the future of the Rory Soder Show. Um, I've been, you know, doing doing a lot of different planning. We have a lot of things in store, a lot of different announcements coming up. Very excited to share everything with you. And remember, uh, in about a month, we will be uh, releasing that 24 7 network that I've been working on. Many notable names will be doing their own shows, raising the money for it, doing it all the right way, just so it can succeed and live to to its highest potential. Um, We definitely uh, don't want it to fail. All right, guys, it's been quite the day in the media. I hope everybody had a great Columbus Day yesterday. Uh, Don't ever forget that Columbus is one of the most important people in our history. Uh, A very uh, famous and influential icon. Uh, I just don't want a- anybody to ever downplay that. That's for sure. So here we are, another week, the Rory Sodder Show, everybody. Uh, I do want to welcome, let's welcome him right now. I believe we have with us the Deputy State Director and Co-Chairman for the Trump Delaware Campaign and activist, Hunter Dorsky. Hunter, how are you? Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> do, doing good, man. Great to have you here. Yep. And I also would like to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us right now, we have real estate mogul actor, and San Diego, mayor candidate for 2020, Richard Hanson. Richard, how are you?
4: Hello, sir. I am doing fantastic. It's just great to once again be on this show. I just really appreciate it and love your audience.
3: Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. We, all, we always love having you here. Thank you, sir. Also, welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Uh, We have retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Valsey. Michael, are you with us?
5: Sure i am, Roy. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. We look forward to the show tonight.
3: Absolutely. Always a pleasure having you here, sir. Thank you. Everybody, we have a lot of people coming on tonight. Um, I do have uh, we have a lot of guests. We'll be having lawyer uh, Tisha Powell coming coming on the show. She just wrote a best-selling book, and she's been in the, the limelight for a while, so excited to talk to her. We'll also be talking to U.S. Congress candidate, attorney, and successful businessman Chris Engels uh, from California. He's running uh, in the Newport Beach area for Congress. And we'll also be having former trade commissioner uh, and award winner and columnist Mil- Milton El- Elbogen will be calling in as well. Um, And we also will be having, uh, just to make it clear, um, Nicholas Giordano, who is a podcast host and a professor and a very great political scientist. So very excited to have them on. They'll be joining us here shortly. Uh, But everybody, I want to, you know, get to some of the opening headlines like I do every episode. Uh, Just a few things to run run through. Um, Just some of the minor stuff, and then I want to get into the big stuff. Uh, You know, this is, This is something that came out today that that is really mind-blowing. It's pretty disturbing. You know, now researchers are now saying and building, this came out today, sex robots should have consent models. They should have consent models. So they they want robots, they want sex robots to give consent. A, A technology device, a device that somebody buys and uses, and they 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 want to treat this like a human. This this is where liberalism has gone. Can you imagine a guy getting turned down by a robot? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that does to somebody's
2: self-esteem? I mean, this, this is this is what they want to apply to humanity. This is the kind of insanity. They want to have robots be
3: like humans. They want to have you consent. They want to make it laws. They they want to give robots all this sort of. Uh, you know, all these privileges, all, the, all these different rights and, 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 and crazy, uh, crazy features. This is nuts. This is insane. This is like the whole – this ties into the whole feminism movement. This is, feminists are cheering this on because this is something else that feminists can rub in people's faces. This is something that they can use to their advantage, and so can all these other Me Too characters. I mean, this is, this is crazy. I mean, I – you know what? I've seen whole new levels of crazy and insanity but this, this tops some of the some of the you know, some of the most crazy things. This is by far on the top of the list. This is to a whole new universe. I mean, think about it. You have to ask a robot for consent to have sex with the robot, a sex robot that you buy at an adult store, or wherever you may buy it. Jesus Christ. Insanity. And this is all part of, you know, uh, the left, uh, you know, trying to say, oh, robots have feelings too. You know, they, they, they're, they're special. They need to be put in boxes. You know, we really need to take action on this issue. Because all these, all these scientists that are saying that this needs to happen are hardcore liberals from some of these left-leaning universities and these researchers. And they're,
2: they're in bed with these politicians. So I can't even, I can't even imagine. This is, this is a movie. This is something that would be in a movie.
3: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Think about how evolved technology is to get to that
2: point where they're going to make robots that can consent. Wow. Jesus Christ. If a robot can consent, let me ask you this. Can a
3: robot – is a robot going to be able to vote too? Are they going to have all these different uh, rights that we're going to have? Because you know what? Artificial intelligence is nothing to take lightly. These these robots and these machines that are being built are being designed in certain ways to take over humanity with jobs, with the government, with all these different entities and, and different, you know, uh, groups. So be very attentive. Be very cautious. This is the future. It really is. We're here. We are here. 2019. Um,
2: here's something that's really disturbing. There was a poll
3: that came out today. And I think it's—I personally think it's more than this, but it says nearly half of Americans, uh, have, you know, say say that substance abu- substance abuse has affected family family members. So, we're, so half of America, at least one of their family members has suffered from su- substance abuse. But I think it's more than that. I think it's a huge epidemic, a huge problem, a huge disease in our country, and it's ruining lives and killing
2: people every single day. We don't talk about this enough. We talk about the pointless stuff like gun violence, which is the least cause of death. You know,
3: you're more likely to get hit by a hammer or get stabbed by a knife than get this whole nonsense of gun violence. But in reality, though, you know, this, this whole um, poll with, with addiction, I mean, you know, think about where all the drugs are coming from. A lot of them are coming from overseas. Trump has talked about closing that loophole. Trump has you know tackled the addiction the addiction issue straight on head on he's signed more bills than any other president uh, addressing this issue and trying to 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 uh, you know hear it and, and help it and get it to a a good point and a good level but it still has a lot of problems it, it is a, it's been piled up for so many years of all these drugs coming into our country all these you know different new age people who are experimenting and trying one thing and then it leads to another thing, and we all know how that goes, how addiction starts, especially people with addictive personalities. Um, so, I, you know, this is, like I said, I think it's more than half of America, but the poll, you know, I, I always pretty much, especially with accurate polls, you, you really think most times they're going to kind of down, like it's usually kind of under, it's, it's under the, what it should be. I mean, and this is, uh, you know, I'm not surprised by this, Uh, a lot of these polls are taken uh, by by certain measures in certain ways Uh, and you know I yeah and they only asked a thousand people so but still still this is something that can't be taken lightly we need to really uh, address this Um, here's another thing that's really disturbing this came out today and and this is something I've been talking about with the LGBTQ clowns in the community and the entitlement and them trying to change culture and all these businesses with this uh, evil equality narrative that is only uh, putting people in boxes. It's stereotyping, generalizing. It's playing the oppression card game like the Democrats like to do. It's it's doing exactly what the Democrats want. You know, they like to put people in, in a special box and, and try to label them. And you know, w- w- this is what we're dealing with. With Victoria's Secret, and this is and this is one of many companies that's starting to do this. Is now featuring transgender models in their NYC and London store windows. So you're walking by, you're looking in Victoria's Secret window, and you may see some dude with a dick in a picture. Not not showing his dick, obviously, but, you know, in the lingerie or whatever, in the outfit. How disturbing, how disgusting, how twisted and backwards society has become.
6: Equality, equality.
3: No, no, no. This is
7: just idiocy.
3: I'm all for people being treated, you know, the right way. But there's a whole new level of craziness and entitlement and pushing your disgusting, uh, vulgar, uh, you know, just communism uh, agenda, just trying to shove it down people's throats. You know, most people are very nervous and concerned about the transgender environment. They even took a poll. I think there's like, 80 per, 80% of people on both sides are still getting used to the issue. They don't quite understand it, and it makes them uncomfortable. So what do you think happens when you have these people in one of the most popular lingerie stores in America, you know, sh- posing? I mean, what, what do you think, me, me, you know, these different, these people, This is, this is these are animals. This, this is a whole other level of, of wrong, and it's, it's bad for business. I don't know if you've read some of these businesses that have tried this, this whole stunt, uh, but Sports Illustrated done it, um, Maxim, Playboy, Victoria's Secret, Everlast, which is a boxing company. All these different people have tried this, and it's only backfired. I don't know who's funding them. I don't know who's you know, giving them advice behind closed doors to do this stuff. Obviously, this is, uh, some, this is, a, this is a style of New World Order. Not, not, not quite, but what they're pushing with, with this cancel culture, with this equality, this all ties into uh, communism. I mean, it really does, because you're trying to uh, put these people as victims, when in reality, they're, they, they, they're not. They, they, are, they are the enemy, because if you don't agree with
2: them, you're an automatic bigot, you're an automatic Nazi, you are forced to accept them, they don't, they don't care about your beliefs. Yeah, you know, and um, it's, it's one of those things. It's crazy. This is really crazy. Um, moving on,
3: moving on. And, th- you know, this, this, this next thing shouldn't really surprise anybody, but I, but I definitely want to um, mention this. Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, he dropped the N-word on the radio, I think it was yesterday. And you know what? Look at who the Democratic Party is, though. I mean, they, they get a pass for everything they do. Uh, they are the party of slavery, they are the party of the KKK, they are the party of plantations, they originated all this stuff, they are uh, the David Dukes of the world, they, they are the people that put people in boxes, they stereotype, they generalize, they try to say what's best for a black person when they don't know anything about how that black person or how that Mexican person or how that Asian lives, they like to speak for everybody, and you know this, this is all racist, and they like to this whole – it ties into the whole slavery reparations. You know, the slavery reparations is just another racist tactic by the Democrat and talking point, just like this, um, this ignorant uh, Andrew Cuomo. You know, he drops the N-word because he knows he can get away with it. He knows that he has the power and the leverage. He knows that it's a double standard, um, and there's – these people never take accountability, and they don't have to because the media protects them. And, uh, you know, I'm not really going to spend too much time on this because it will be out of the news in the next day or two. I mean, this is what it is. Um, let's see here. Uh, good news. Uh, almost all Republicans now are have agreed to the bill censuring Adam Schiff. I mean, it's about time. Uh, he, he is a bad news bearer. He is not good uh, for, for our society and what we're working for as a culture. Um, and here here's, a, here's another thing What's huge. Uh, Saudi Arabia. Has recently opened up tourism to ancient biblical sites think Think about the effect that Trump has had on places like Saudi Arabia in the Middle East, how he's opened up doors for Christianity, how he's allowed people to celebrate their faith and he's you know given so he's given all these uh, government's uh, influence and, and insight on, on on giving leverage to these people and their culture. And look, where, look how far it's come. I mean, now the, the Middle East and Saudi Arabia is allowing biblical sites to be toured. They are, in a lot of ways, certain areas. They're allowing people to embrace Christianity, uh, and it's, it's, it's like never seen before. I mean, when, it, when in the past have you seen the Middle East celebrating biblical sites with open arms and, and, and you know, giving, giving this out in tourism and not shaming somebody for Christianity? Uh, this is huge, and Trump, like I said many times on the show, he's not only changed this country, he's changed the entire world for the better. He's made peace with all these different nations and all these different places, and, and it's, it's created so much freedom for so many people that were struggling for the longest time. It's really beautiful. It really is a beautiful thing. Um, God, uh, we need to get into this, though, but uh, just want to say, and I don't blame Giuliani for this, but I think it's great. Giuliani is refusing to comply with the subpoenas. I mean, let's face it. The Democrats are just abusing their power. Uh, they're using, uh, everything in the wrong way. They're wasting time on the clock. They're doing whatever they can to deflect from what they're really guilty of. And they blame us for what they're, for what they've done. Um, and this is just this is a game to them and they know they have the power so they can play this game and they can keep up the nonsense. And, uh, it's about time that somebody pushes back and says, We're done. We're not taking we're not taking this crap. Uh, you know, we're not gonna fall for the the show, the circus, and, and that's that. And then, you know, it is what it is. It's true. And uh, you know, this is this is something that uh is gonna be
2: closely, closely uh watched for sure. Uh, okay. Let's get into the main stuff. Two main things tonight. This is really big. So you see LeBron James constantly bickering, complaining about equal justice, social justice
3: rights, plays the race card, plays the oppressed victim card, you know, tries to say that every black man is is a victim to cop brutality. Uh, he always puts down the cops. Uh, puts down Trump every second he every second every chance he gets, and there, there's really no filter on this guy when criticizing American culture. He'll he'll go to whatever extreme. He'll say that you know this is the worst country. You know we don't treat our people right, even though we're the best country on earth, hands down. That's why everybody runs here for a better life. But it's it's pathetic, and it proves how much of a wimp and lowlife LeBron really is. He's a sellout. He sucked up to China. He is what he says doesn't add up when he tries to say he's for everybody's human rights. Because if he was, he wouldn't have sucked up to China and bowed down to them during this entire thing. He's basically calling the Houston Rockets owner, who's standing up for democracy and freedom, uh, a bad person and standing with the communist government of China. LeBron, I, seriously, this guy talks, 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 talks. You know, and he, he's an idiot. He's as idiotic and crazy and, uh, he's saying stuff like he's better than Michael Jordan. He's not even better than Kobe Bryant. LeBron James is not even better than Kobe Bryant. Number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, Kobe. I don't even think LeBron is number five of all time, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he has probably one of the biggest egos I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's, it's constant ignorance. It's constant arrogance. It's constant lies. It's constant American shaming. And we all know why LeBron's doing this. China has all the money. He's got all. They got all his endorsement deals with Nike. This is what. This is what's going on. Uh, he, he, you know, he's uh, he likes to act all tough and act like he's a, a, a free, a free spoken, and he says what's on his mind and he has no filter. But in reality, he sucked up like a little, like a little schoolboy, like a little teacher's pet. Uh, what a what a pig, though. Seriously. But I want to play this clip from Tucker Carlson tonight. He really puts it into perspective, Uh, and then we are going to talk about Hunter Biden stuff. But uh, 1-4, play this.
7: Actually, hold on, guys.
3: Hold on one second, guys. Hold on one second. I was having some problems with the clip. Give me a second. Here we go. All right, we got Dave Portney from Barstool Sports and Tucker Carlson on this clip.
8: Bear with me. It's about
3: to play. Give me one second, guys. But, yeah, this, this while, while it's waiting, uh, this entire this entire situation uh, has fallen out of place. It's backfiring on the NBA. We all know how.
2: Yes. Barstool Sports comes out like this T-shirt.
1: Chairman, James. the founded
7: Barstool, now an international brand, not beholden to China. You. <laughs> you're not bald in China, are you? I'm, just, I'm, I'm guessing this. I'm not bald in China. Uh, to be honest, I'm one of the few honest guys. They guarantee me, like, two billion people would buy t T-shirt. I may fall in line like everybody else. Like, I'm not about that. <laughs> okay. okay. what well, you admit it you did it, though? Well, that's the thing. That's what drives me insane with all these people who have to admit it. They said, hey, we're well, going to have a billion people buy t shirt T-shirt. I'll go retire island. Uh, I'll pull my hand up and be like, hey. They put money in my pocket. I don't agree with what they're doing. That's what drives me insane is the hypocrisy. But, LeBron, what are you talking about? Just a minute. It's you. It's You're a billionaire. That's it. That's a story. But it is a little much to lecture the rest of us in this country about our failings, while at the same time refusing to acknowledge that the Chinese government, which is pretty disgusting, really. It's not anything wrong well, ever. Like, why do that? Why not be quiet about all politics? Listen, I don't like LeBron James. I think he's a hypocrite, and I've always said that. When I saw what he tweeted out, I ran at my computer. I couldn't believe he said it. Just keep your mouth shut. How cold deaf you have to be? It is insane when you put the tweet that he has had in his past next to each other. One second he says you can't be silent. Doesn't matter about money, contracts, whatever. Basic human rights. Then so he says the exact opposite. You can't talk. Some I mean, issues are gonna be quiet. Like it's This. Moment as well, I saw through him the whole time. He's a hypocrite. He'll say, you know, people go to LA, and they don't care about basketball. That's why they. He's a hypocrite. As kid, he'll say some of those kids doesn't like too much pressure. Yet he named him LeBron James Jr. I mean, everything I said, becomes super critical. This may be the issue where people finally
9: wake up because, like we said, it doesn't matter what side the aisle on. It doesn't matter. Everybody
7: agrees. This is about basic human decency. And you care more about your money and becoming a millionaire. That's it. So we're piling on LeBron James, and I think it's obvious he deserves it. But what about his handlers at night? He's really taking like orders from them. now. Here's what I think happens with LeBron James. I don't think he's ever been.
3: it, guys. And, and look at this. You Look at the reality here. Is that I miss when sports was about sports. I go to sporting events so I can watch
2: sports to get away from stuff like politics. Too many of these jerk-offs got to talk about Trump. They got to talk about politics. Why don't you just
3: play the game and do what you're paid to do and shut the hell up? Seriously. Like, I'm tired of this. They've mixed politics. It's gone to a whole nother extreme. It needs to stop, and it's turning people away. It really is. Look at what the NFL went through after the Kaepernick, Kaepernick crap. All right, last thing we're going to get to, and I'm going to get everybody stopped. and then we got our guests coming on, Tisha Powell. We have Nick Giordano, um, a lot of people coming on. But I'm going to, I'm going to do this last segment, get everybody stopped on the panel, and then we're going to introduce our guests. So bear with me. Uh, I want to play this Hunter Biden Recap from today, and keep in mind, everybody on the panel. Any thoughts? Every, anything I've said, please bring it up. Um, go go through anything. Uh, okay, but this whole Hunter Biden thing, this is ridiculous. I, I saw the interview today. Been talking about it. We've been talking about it a lot on this show. Uh, finally, we hear from him uh, after so long. We're like, "Where's Hunter?" And here he is. Appears out of nowhere when all this stuff is going on. He's got no. He's got no sorrow. Uh, acting like he's in the right, acting like a victim, blaming Trump, saying that uh, his father is in it his father's innocent, he's innocent, you know, he did nothing wrong. There's there's no wrongdoing, nothing against ex- ethics. There's no accountability here. Listen to this. This is crazy.
7: Robot. Hunter Biden insisting he did nothing wrong and there has been no finding of any wrongdoing. But Amy President does he regret taking this work overseas and asking it if his last name wasn't Biden, would he have been hired for those posts? She gets tonight by asking about Hunter Biden and his father, over vice president.
9: Did you and your father ever discuss the crime? No.
7: As I said, the only time was after a peace like, account. It wasn't a discussion. Right? There's no question. No, we never did. It's
9: your dad and I hope you know what you're doing. Okay, Neck and neck with an Elizabeth Warren.
7: Still a lot of
3: tonight. Oh, my God. Can you guys believe this? It's, you know what? I, I want to apologize for using an ABC News clip, but it was the only clip that had everything in a, in a short segment that, that would work for, for this broadcast. And, you know, I, lo- I love how ABC is so wrong and biased and so ignorant. They say, there is no evidence of them doing anything wrong, Joe and Hunter. Well, of course there's evidence. It's out there every day, and you guys are covering for him. I mean, give me a break. This is, this is insane. It really is. And We talk about this all the time, how these Democrats get held to a different standard. They don't, they don't get the same uh, consequences that a Republican would get. The evidence is there. It's been there. I've talked about it on my show over and over. We have Joe Biden on tape admitting that he fired the prosecutor, that he had the p- prosecutor fired that was investigating Hunter Biden, the, the firm that he was he involved with. It's ridiculous. This is crazy. Uh, let's go to um, sort of Hunter Dworsky. Hunter, go ahead. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, "Go to Hunter."
6: <laughs> I, I was laughing. when He like, said, "Go to Hunter." <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, it's funny is um, just so people know. Um, my family and I uh, know the, know the Bidens uh, actually pretty well. I know Hunter Biden, <laughs> and I know and I knew Beau very well. I actually, used to take care of his dog, so I know the Bidens well. And, and it's funny is as you you were talking, I sent my text to my. Big Democrat dad, because obviously, you know, we we yeah. now you know why we're friends with the Bidens. And I said, he's he's like dad, you know, was Hunter always the, the the black sheep in the family? And you know what the Democrats' excuse is right now for his his mess with whether it was the cocaine, uh, and in in the Navy or whether it was being on these boards make so much money, uh, for no reason. He said, well, Hunter got you – know, Hunter's head was hurt in the, in the 1972 car accidents. That's why he's acting the way he is cause he's messed up. I mean th- what else do that, the Democrats – or what excuses are they going to make? I mean I heard that – and that's the first time I heard people actually think because he was in a car accident when he was a kid that he's making irrational decisions. I said no. It's because they feel that they are entitled to whatever they want. And they know that the media will never hold them accountable. And and I, I sat and watched the interview, and he honestly it reminded me of Hillary, in the way where she said, "Oh yeah, you know I have poor judgment. It's poor judgment." But you know what? But it's it's not criminal. It's poor judgment. But when Donald Trump, may do something that's maybe poor judgment, he has to go to jail. It's just crazy that the media will never hold accountable what the Bidens have done. And he, and then tonight, as I was watching the debate, and yes, I did watch the debate. Biden said he was proud of his son's judgment. Now, is that a gas? or is that because he said I had poor judgment? And Joe Biden says I'm proud of that. So I, you know, it. it and the media just looks at it and like, oh, okay, that's that's normal. Hey, listen, it, this is all going to blow up. Uh, Hunter Biden uh, is not resigning because of the his father possibly becoming the president. He's resigning because he does not want the media and the people of the United States to figure out what he's been doing. No man, let me just how does how does a Biden, okay, from Delaware, okay, from Delaware, make fifty thousand dollars a month on sitting on a board? That's it's insane. How does a Biden do that I, I, from Scranton, Pennsylvania? And 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 then for people to sit there and say, "Oh, his last name didn't get him those jobs." That it, that is that is complete bullshit. And and I'll tell you, that's just the truth. Um, but that that's that's what was really it really irked me. And um, it's just and you know I have said I one of my friends is a never Trumper, and we talk. And he said, you know, Hunter, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I, I really thought that Trump wasn't going to win again. But after tonight and watching this debate, they, they had, they're they offering no new policies, none whatsoever, and they are continually bashing Trump, and he's going to end up winning in, in 2020. So now I'm telling you, the Democrats, the people, the moderate Democrats that have been there forever that, that are needed to win um, the 2020 election for the Democrat uh, candidate… Are going to end up not either not coming out, or they're going to turn on their party and vote for the president. And I think, uh hey, look what happened today with Nancy Pelosi. Now she won't, she won't put it up for a vote. And we talked about this last night. She doesn't have the votes. Plain and simple. If they felt like they had enough for impeachment, she would launch an impeachment vote for to, to a formal uh, authorization. And she can't. Listen, this whole thing is, it's, it, is. The, the Trump campaign is making so much money, and the Democrats just don't even realize it. And I, 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 listen, I hope they continue doing what they're doing. I hope they continue to bash Trump because only his numbers are going up. Uh, our good friend out in North Carolina, the um, chairperson for the, the North Carolina Republican Party, said that yeah. the, there's an internal polling that shows that the president mm-hmm. is handily beating Joe Biden. So and, and and there is no doubt in my mind that you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that you know all these other states are going to turn Trump. So you know it's kind of really I wanted to focus on. It's just it just really bothers me that the media is giving a pass to Hunter Biden. I mean it's it's crazy. Right. Right? So yeah. No, I hear you. I I
3: hear you. Uh, any thoughts on the other stuff?
6: Uh yeah well you know first yeah, Andrew Cuomo <laughs> Andrew Cuomo uh is a very interesting guy. Uh, you know, and I think the whole Cuomo family are, are the first people to, to run around and say racism, racism. You know, you saw the freak show that uh, uh, that uh, his brother, uh, Chris, did with uh, some, some of our fellow Trump supporters over Frito, um, which is ridiculous. Right. I mean, that that's not even, but Andrew uh, certainly believes that he could say the N-word and they get, with it. get uh, you know, they get away with it. And that's just the way the Democrats have been, I think, in yeah. this last, you know, ten years. Um, but you know, it's just interesting and and, and just listening about that, uh it just it, it honestly it really bothers me. And then I also wanted to um talk about Adam Shift is, you know, we saw today that um a bunch of Republicans are signing on to the bill to denounce him. Uh, which I think Democrats should, too. I mean, can you imagine a Republican going up and, 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 and making up a false uh, transcript of President Obama? I mean, the, the outrage from CNN, the outrage, it, 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 it would it would make headlines. And it's just such a double standard in the media. It's, it's, it's honestly shitty shift. Uh, better be careful because I know the RNC is looking for him – uh, to seated it and hopefully we'll find the candidates out in California that will actually run against them. So. Yeah, oh, I hear
3: you. I hear you. Absolutely. Yeah. Very well yeah. said. Um, Michael Valsi, go ahead.
5: Well, uh, Great open. Uh, You've covered a lot of material, I, certainly, I might add. Um, I'll start with the debates. For one thing, we didn't get into that a lot. Um, Dismal as usual, but I did learn a few things. Yang wants to legalize heroin while we're in the middle of an opioid crisis in the United States. <laughs> Biden just uh, stumbles and mumbles and jumbles, and he, he he struggles to put a rational sentence together in most cases. And Warren just didn't seem to handle the pressure of being attacked by some of the other candidates very well, which is kind of a an insight into how she might act as president. I do want to give Anderson Cooper credit for at least asking Joe Biden a question about the Ukraine. Uh, I didn't expect it, uh, so I was glad to see that that happened. As far as Hunter Biden knows, you know, now we find out he was on the board of Amtrak in 2006. When Joe was asked about that, he said, well, he spends a lot of time on trains. So I guess that's supposed to give him some some, uh, qualifications to be on the board of Amtrak. He's got the Burisma thing. I mean, that thing's not going away anytime soon, Uh, not even if it's on our part. The Ukrainians aren't going to let that go. And then, uh, you know, the China thing, you know, it hasn't really come out a lot about that. But that's going to come out. And now this Romanian thing is just starting to surface. He's got issues. You know, and Joe Biden was confronted about Hunter Biden back in 2008 you know he didn't have any really good answers. Hundred back in 2006 he was making 1.76 million a year. You know, I mean he's gotten rich off of his father's uh position. Uh he doesn't seem like the brightest star in the sky. I watched that interview. He he just he's lacking. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And now he wants to blame uh, the president Giuliana for his problems? You know, I don't see it. The other thing is the media is just like you said. The media is uh, the media is not going to uh, not going to attack him, not going to attack Joe Biden. Uh, and if, you know, if you look at Project Veritas's undercover video, you know they they come right out and say Biden's a problem. And it's a problem for them, right? You know, either how they're going to protect him, so you don't know where they're coming from. You know, you can't believe anything you see in the media. That's just my thoughts on it, Rory. Um, I'll leave it at that.
3: No, I no, I absolutely hear you. And uh what are your th- what are your thoughts on the whole LeBron thing? I'm sure you have got some thoughts on that. I the just NBA thought the China
5: thing. Yeah, I just thought Tucker's interview was excellent. So we discussed this a little bit last night. Uh this allegiance to Nike, uh you know at some point you got to stand up and support your fans in the United States yeah. you know and i i'm telling you they're losing viewing audience and again you're right about one thing the uh sports media needs to stay out of politics the espn learned that when they almost went under because they turned into a uh a political sports network rather than a sports network and You know, I think this loyalty to China goes right back to the deep state. They've been strengthening China. They've been allowing China to steal secrets from the United States. It's just this loyalty to the Chinese that I don't like and loyalty to communism. And Steve Kerr was abysmal, if you saw his interview. You know, when he talked about how there's a fascist government over there, he goes, well, our people can go to Walmart and buy weapons to kill people kill masses of people. How do you even equate that? You know, just my thoughts. I just, like I said, I thought the interview Tucker did with uh, the guy from the sports place was just awesome.
3: Absolutely. Always very well said. Um, I, I know I have other people on the panel and, and people that need need their thoughts, but everybody, I promise I'll get to you. Uh, we are running a little late and I need to introduce uh, our first guest which is Tisha Powell and I promise I'm going to get to Nicholas Giordano here very shortly as well as Milton Elbogen, uh, and uh, we also will be having Chris Angles call in but everybody please stay with us and uh, we'll be right back going to commercial
7: TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp and cheese just got even hotter with new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Fridays, the home of endless apps.
2: Endless absence, every night, 9 p.m. to close.
10: I didn't think anything was gonna work for me until I tried Chantix.
11: Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking.
10: Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit.
11: Tell your health provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea.
10: I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me.
11: Talk to your doctor about Chantix.
2: And we are back. The Rory Soder Show, Coast to Coast, Worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries
3: on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or any 24/7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. Gen, uh, I do want to welcome to the show. Um, I believe she's with us right now. We have lawyer, activist, and best-selling author uh, Tisha Powell. How are you? Welcome to the show. Tisha Powell,
2: are you there? Hello? Hello, it's Tisha Powell.
3: Are you there? Yes, not. All right. Hold on. Let's see here. Let me
2: see here. Let's see. Making sure, having it pop across the screen. Oh, perfect.
3: Hold on one second. I believe we have him with us. Um, let's welcome to the show. We have professor, uh, political scientist, podcast host, and journalist, uh, Nicholas Giordano. Nick, how are you? Welcome to the show.
6: Nick, are you with us? Hey, uh, wow. That's a little weird. Um, Let's see here. Very odd. I don't know where
12: everybody is. Hold on one second. Uh, very odd. Milton, are you with us? I am, if you can hear me.
3: Absolutely. Milton, uh, former trade commissioner, award-winning Twitter site and columnist, Milton. Do I pronounce your name Elbowgen? Is that how I pronounce it?
12: Elbowgen, exactly right. Perfect. As, as well, in the German word, <laughs> Thank oh, you, sir. It. How are I you? I love
3: it. Doing well. Thank you for coming on. Really, really uh, happy to have you here. Uh, your first time on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how it all started for you, a little bio, uh, all that good stuff.
12: Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm speaking to you now. It is uh, almost six in the morning in the holy city of Jerusalem, Israel. And I'm speaking <laughs> to you from a, right near Um, where there's this wonderful plaque uh, that uh, Ambassador Friedman and and President Trump and and company put up on our new embassy here in Jerusalem. And uh, I got to tell you, he's he's regarded in biblical proportions in Israel, which is pretty accurate. Um, I have a background in uh, not only international trade and having been a trade commissioner and and, uh, having clients who are various countries, having dealt with the Department of Commerce and the Deep Swamp in the United States, which I could tell you about, um, but also a background and current uh, attachments with uh, New York as far as real estate. Uh, and it's a native New Yorker. Um, and therefore, I see the Trump presidency from, from both perspectives of, of having uh, been involved with what it means to be a Trump in New York, a Cuomo, for that matter. I knew his dad. Um, but it, it, it's a very, it's you see the biblical calling when you realize that an individual like President Trump could come out of that background, create an individualistic empire for himself out of that background, which involves a certain kind of mindset that you would never envision having become who he is in the White House. It's, it's an amazing process that if you can't see the hand in God of God in that, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's just beyond belief. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, that that's the long short of it.
3: Well, I agree, and you know, I, I've talked to people about this many times, and I I strongly believe that President Trump is something from the Bible. If you look at everything he's done, and you look at uh, how he's made everything transform, and and progress. It's it's unreal. Um he's not yes. only saved this country, yes. he saved the entire world. And you look yes. at how nobody else has ever even came close to doing what he's done. I mean this guy has accomplished more in three years than anybody in history and he's fulfilled eighty eighty percent of his agenda within three years. Most presidents don't even fulfill ten percent after eight years. So it's it's unreal. He's like a robot. He's like something from a uh, he's like a profound machine i 've never seen anything like it
12: correct correct bigger than bigger than life it, it's got to be it's a biblical proportion. you know, people throw that that term around, but his presidency truly is truly is and and the world we live in today it, it's shaping up with where we have bad guys on the other side who are also of biblical proportions, and he's the only one who's dealt with them correctly. You know, stood up to the yeah. who he has to stand up to, and and puts America first, which is which is what he's there for.
3: Right, and, and you live in Israel. The people of Israel love him, don't they?
12: Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, I mean, it it is it is an amazing, amazing thing. Um, you know, I I I can't begin to tell you the position he has here of uh, you know, they, they just named a new town for him up in the uh, Golan Heights. Uh, there are things that are going to be named for him all over this country. There's, there's, there's no question about it.
2: So tell me about like I, I know he had, like you said, the the, the
3: Golem Heights. Uh, he had he had that named after. Uh, he had something named after him. What it's the Golden Heights, right?
12: The the Golan Heights. There's a there's a town that is actually going to be uh, the equivalent of uh, Trump Heights.
1: Yeah, that's, 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 what, they're that's calling what I meant. It. Yeah. It's, yeah. The,
3: yeah, and they got banners everywhere. They got Trump flags. Everywhere, I mean, don't they have merchandise all over.
1: I
12: mean, there's there's American flags everywhere ever since yeah. uh,
1: he's been around.
12: <laughs> there's right. The the respect for for the United States, besides right. the fact that you've got a lot of Americans here, you've got a lot of Russians here too.
1: You know, there's right. a, there's
12: a lot of respect for the United States. I can tell you, I am I am seriously right near the embassy right now. Yeah, right. there's an entire the that. road to the yeah. embassy. Yeah, there's a road to the embassy, lined with American flags. The, the road, uh, you know, the the uh, the gardening up there had been made into big American flags. You know, on the garden, the, the 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 flowers are raised as American flags. People running for office will will put up pictures of themselves and President Trump. You know, it's, it's, the love is amazing. They say he's coming what? back. Actually, I, I just I just heard this. Somebody said he's coming to to Jerusalem um, for the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz or something like that very soon. But the the connection to him is he's 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 always looked forward to. It. That's for sure.
13: Right.
3: Yeah. Oh well, I love I love it. And uh, you know he you know opening that embassy was was life changing for
8: for Israel.
3: Yeah. Um, it should have been done for Israel. Yeah. Years ago. It, by past leaders, yeah, promise, but they never, they never fulfilled on it. But Trump, you know, delivered within his first year. I think it was of opening the embassy there. You know,
12: correct. And the relationship the other way has never been stronger. I, I understand they just this past week yeah. uh, opened up the the delivery of of super apps yeah. or or tank motiva- motivating uh you know equipment that comes from Israel that, that nobody else has, that you know, goes straight to the United States armed forces. Um, I know years ago they were doing this development of the work that goes from Israel to U S defense forces immediately is, is amazing. Amazing. Cause there's, there's a real brain trust here working for American defense as well.
2: And
3: so tell me, tell me about this last election. Cause as everybody knows Netanyahu lost and I, and I know you're, you know, involved with politics, um, and you, you know, you know quite a few people. Tell me about this new leader. Uh, what, how do you feel about the way he's going to carry Israel and lead Israel? Uh, I know he's kind of a moderate from what I read. He's not as Republican as Netanyahu, but from what I read, Israel is it, doesn't really have much of uh, liberal politicians. It's more people in the middle or people on the right. Correct?
12: well it's 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 awesome it's in in it's in its short seventy year political history as as a a re a restructured state from from thousands of years back um it it started out with a socialist labor um, you know really hard line socialist core. the founders were were you know uh, these dreamers who 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 really really uh, one part were socialists they were the ones who won because there was a huge what's called a revisionist political entity, which was right wingers, um, you know, I, I I don't know if I'd even call them right wingers. They were just they were just correct, right. <laughs> so and and they they have won out since the Begin administration, which was quite a while ago, and the country has swung that way. So you have the you know the remnants of what were the kibbutzim, which are the socialists and socialist communes. But they're they're a tiny part of the country now. The country is mostly, uh, um, you know, that the, the Likud, which is uh, Netanyahu's party, and there's there's even a party that's run by this wonderful woman called Ayelet Shaked, who used to be the justice minister, uh, who will one day be the uh, the the most amazing prime minister, I think. But she her party is called the New Right, you know, and that's and they're they're the voice of Israel today, I think, um, and they're very in sync with the Republican Party and President Trump um, and where they are today as well. I mean, everything swings around. You can't look at a party and say where they were many, many years ago, but that's where they are today. And and there is no leader right now because Israel is a super democracy and has these little tiny parties that, that are kingmakers. Um, there are two main main parties, and they have come in neck and neck in two elections this year so far. And God help us if we have to have a third. But that's, that's weird. Yeah. It. No, I hear, for I hear us you, Americans who are, For Americans okay. who are here, we just look at this in, like, awe. <laughs> just, you'd imagine if you had, like, the Democrats, the Republicans, and a gazillion other people trying to say how you should run the country. So
1: right,
14: amazing.
3: Now, now let me ask you this. Um, obviously, there's been past leaders – uh, it's been reported. I think Netanyahu was investigated for certain corruption, and I think it it goes, yeah. probably goes on in the it goes on in the Israeli government quite a bit, right? With these, some of these leaders, like, can you speak on that? Like, what's what's the situation
12: with yeah. some of these? I don't think there's so much. I don't think there is as much corruption as there is coming down on people who do it. They don't. They take people out here for that and and put them in jail. They don't. They don't right. impeach and wonder and and you know. It, it, you know, I, 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 I'm not pointing fingers at Clinton or stuff like that, but, uh, you know, I think if he was a leader in Israel, he might have ended up in jail. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't have just continued on. Um, you know, that's that's. we had a prime minister. There was a prime minister in Israel who who I knew as well. His name was Olmert. He sat in jail. You know, he sat in jail. There was there was a president who sat in jail, got there, seized. There are... Um, you know, judges, people, when they're called out, they, they do time. There's no, there's no uh, you know, political game. People are held to account. And if Netanyahu right. is involved in anything, he'll he'll probably end up paying something for it. Um, you know, so it's, 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 that will be a dangerous game for him. But in any case, he's, you know, as somebody who, who in America, I support term limits in Congress uh, very, very strongly. And I, 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 I do that here too. When I when I was involved in international trade, I can tell you the best trade commissioner uh, position there was that I respected in the United, in the world was in, in Britain at the time. There were trade commissioners right. who sat around for twenty five years. Britain had a program where after a few years you were out, and there was and that was yeah. smart. Because somebody who's involved in international trade loses their business connections after a few years, they become a hack, they become a government bureaucrat, and it's true. uh, The higher the, if you look at a graph, the higher the position, and the too many the, the amount of years you're in there, the trajectory is one of corruption and and going from reality to, you know, your own fantasy of who you are and how important the government is to you and. How, you, how yeah. you're really more important to the country, and it's your bank account. Yeah, it, it, it's insane yeah, tell, what we have sitting in the swamp.
3: No, oh, I hear you. And tell me about your career as a, a trade commissioner. Sounds fun.
12: Yeah, it was fun. It was, my wife keeps saying it was the funnest job I had, and she was probably right. Um, I was I was uh, representing well. I I i in international trade. I've been a consultant to countries like Finland. I've done work. Uh, uh, in other fields with uh, countries like Costa Rica and, and uh, Scotland, it's, although it's not its own country, they say, um, and some others, but I represented Israel on trade in the United States and uh, with, you know, trade attaches around the country, and um, uh, yeah, that, w- that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was an awful lot of fun, uh, but it also gave me exposure to our Department of Commerce in the United States. And the Department of Commerce in the United States was as much of a swamp in those days as anything else in our country. And and it was really scary to find out. There were people there who, regardless of the administration, and this is, this is pre-Trump, regardless of the administration, you have a bureaucracy that sits there for years and years and years and has their own their own agenda, you know, and it's, and it's clear. And he's been fighting that since he's been president. And I... Huge respect for that. Humongous respect for that. It's it's amazing what he goes up against. Truly. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, you're you're absolutely right. And speaking about your 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 career in politics, I mean, you've been you've been around this swamp. You've been around these evil individuals. You know exactly yeah. what the president's
12: going through, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 an amazing thing. I mean, I I I, I sat in trade talks between the countries and. You know, uh, friends of mine in the in the Department of Commerce would tell me what they're up against. You know, you do something, whether it's on behalf of the country or behalf of whatever, but the pockets there are deep and the allegiances. You know, you have people who, and and it's it's look, it's true in other countries too. And it, it there used to be a show about ministers in uh, in England which made fun of that. But the fact is, you have a minister in in an England kind of a government, in British kind of government, or or an Israeli kind of government. If you have a minister who sits at the top of the ministry, everybody below that is a bureaucrat who's there for a career, and they have their own agenda. It's, it's their own company, so to speak. You know, the president comes and goes, prime ministers come and go, ministers stay the same. And the United States has that, but it's, it's, it's even more cloaked because we have departments, you know, Department of State, Department of Commerce, and and you don't think of it as a bureaucracy or as a ministry, but it is. It is. It's a huge sprawling bureaucracy. And if you, if uh the, if they want to set their own agenda from president to president, from Congress to Congress, they will. You know. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh,
3: oh absolutely. No, and uh you know, I wanna ask you, since you're a, an expert at trade, uh speak on the president's uh trading uh, policies. Obviously they're they're perfect and on par, but uh definitely uh elaborate on uh from what i'm reading you know they are the great some of the greatest trade deals we've ever seen
14: oh
12: yeah oh yeah i mean, I, I mean to, to wake up to the fact that you know i i, I was at a, at a uh, show um well yesterday right now i was at a show last you're night you're out a little bit and, uh, i'm sorry you're, can you can you're cutting me?
2: out a little bit yeah i can hear you now better oh i'm yeah okay
12: i, I yeah, yeah, right here. uh i was at a show last night uh a comedian from who lives in uh california and yeah. he he was talking about um uh the the, the uh, what what were you we talking about before that i'm sorry
2: talking about
3: trade and how trump's policies <laughs> on trade have been right on par
12: Right, 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 right. I'm sorry. I just wanted to tell you one esoteric joke, and then it went away. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that this guy was was making jokes about how in America, everything says made for China. He made made in China. Right. He turned his uh, mic stand upside down, and, and you know, he said, "Well, naturally here it doesn't say anything, but in America would say made right. in China." And it, it it you know, I was I was I'll tell you, I was working in a company in uh, in industry many many years ago. I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. And in industry, we, uh, we, I was out in, I guess I must have been in Wisconsin or, or Michigan, and I was dealing with uh, machine shop tools and industrial tools, and uh, the manufacturer was showing me uh, where their machines were that were producing the tools, and I was shocked to see American tools working there. And the gentleman actually who, who was the CEO of, of, the, of the corporation was, was from India, and this is out Midwest somewhere. And uh, I said, "Wow, you've got it. You, you're still chugging out the, the the product here." And he says, "Now these tools are packing up. They're going off to Korea or China, I think it was. Uh, you know, next week. You know, it, it, our, our, the company, the country was being stripped of, of its of its wherewithal to do anything. You know, beyond uh, hook up the software. You know, uh, it's it's he's he's done tremendous things. He's just." Being honest and being, you know, an, an individualist who says, "I'm an American. I'm interested in in good and doing good in the world, but I'm also interested in not getting rooked at the market, you know, and and uh, doing good deals." And that's what he does. Right. No, I
3: love. No, I love it. I love it. And we have the best economy we, we've literally ever had. It's uh, it's really a, a big blessing. Um, Milton Knight, you know, I really love having you on. I want to have you back soon. Um, I do got to go to okay, a commercial no, though,
2: uh, but please tell everybody right. where they can connect with,
12: connect with you. You've got it. Uh, well, you you can get us on Twitter, NYCRE. That's like New York City Real Estate. NYCRE Milton M I L T O N on Twitter at any time. Absolutely, my friend. Well, thank
2: you so much, and we'll definitely have you back soon.
12: Thank you, sir. Be well.
2: All right. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. We'll be right back with Nicholas Giordano as well as Chris Engels. Stay with us, everybody. Would you know what to do in the event of an active
5: shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace – Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyraiseSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682.
3: Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation
2: and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory
3: Sodder Show.
11: I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production.
8: And we
3: are back. The Rory Sotter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Beautiful night, everybody. Glad you're all with us. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, uh, we're going to get to Chris Engels, who's running for Congress in California here very soon. But first, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us right now. We have professor, political scientist, podcast host, and journalist, Nicholas Giordano. Nicholas, how are you?
14: Hi, Rory. How are you?
3: Welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, first time on the show. Um what I like to do with all my guests when they first come on, I like to get a bio from you, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how it all started for you,
14: how you got to where you are, all that good stuff. Sounds good to me. Thank you for having me on. So Absolutely. I started out, actually, in emergency management and homeland security, working for the New York State Office of Emergency Management.
1: And I was oh, wow. also
14: teaching as an adjunct at Suffolk County Community College. Then they had a full-time slot open up. So after several years in homeland security, I decided to jump into teaching full-time political scientists.
5: Wow. Very
14: nice, man.
3: Very nice. Wow. So you, you worked with homeland I lived security. a fun life
14: so far. Uh, it's
3: amazing. So tell us about this Homeland Security career. Homeland Security, it's unbelievable.
14: Well, basically what I did was mostly uh, in the planning, training, and then field response whenever there was a natural disaster in the New York State area. So things like Superstorm Sandy or blizzards, that's what we would respond to. And then part of it was catastrophic planning. So you take the worst possible disasters you could think of, and then you Base your plans on that, and you're prepared to respond to any type of uh, disaster, whether it's man-made or natural. And what were the
3: day-to-day operations like? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you were around all the politicians, the the, the people in New York, the high-ups, stuff like that,
14: right? All the time. And, then, you know, you talk about a bureaucracy, you really see it in full swing in New York. You know, so always meeting with senior leadership, always, you know, the top uh, head agencies would be at all the meetings. And, and basically, it was interagency coordination. The better relationships you had, the smoother response would be. And that was the state of it. Politics, obviously, in New York will always creep into it, especially when the disasters do hit. You know, Governor Cuomo was the boss, he was the one in charge. And yeah. so he was a very hands on type governor. He wasn't the one to let the emergency managers do what they do best. He would. Get involved and try and direct responses, but he would be chasing media stories as opposed to doing what needs to be done.
2: You know, just
3: like a lot of these liberal politicians, I mean, it, it, and I, you know, I'm not just going to say it goes on with just liberals, but a lot, I, I think most of it does, but it goes on on both sides of the aisle. And, you know, they'd rather be in front of the cameras than actually dealing with real issues, which is a problem. And, you know, New York. Um, Just from what I'm reading and from what I know about it, it's one of those states like California where it's filled with political
14: corruption. Can you kind of of speak on that a little bit? Yeah. Well, New York's a different animal. I mean, but we had people from FEMA coming in from all over the country. The people from North Dakota never heard so many F-bombs in in a matter of a few minutes coming into the New York City Emergency Operations Center. But the corruption in New York is real. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you have a governor here that gave himself a uh, $75,000 raise uh, on on a bill at 2 o'clock in the morning. A lot of the politicians are now in jail. The former speaker of the assembly is in jail. You have the former Senate majority leader in jail. You have the Nassau County executive in jail. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of pay to play here. A lot of nepotism that goes on. But they did get caught so that's the good thing now um
3: you know just just with everything that's going on you know i i'm assuming you still live in, in new york city
14: well i live right outside of new york city i'm on long island
3: okay okay so you know you know very well um so speaking on the issues i mean new york city's going through a lot of hard times right now with the homeless epidemic with the the crime with the Illegals. I mean, it's, it's really a mess, isn't it, like California?
14: Well, you have an in-up mayor, Mayor Bill de Blasio, possibly the worst mayor in my lifetime that I know of, who right. doesn't know how to govern. He, he doesn't know how to lead. He doesn't know how to govern. And then he introduces policies. Just to give you one example, it was last October, so a year ago, New York City made an announcement that for those who are in – is on their child support. So for those people who haven't paid child support, if they made a payment, the city would match their payment. That's what we're dealing here with here in New York city. Jesus Christ. And
3: you know, you got, we got to wonder and, and really be curious where these idiotic policies come from. I mean, who's putting money in these, in these leaders pockets for them to sign these bills. I, you know, I really feel like these. there are so many deals going on behind closed doors, uh, lots, of, lots of donors influencing these people. I mean, don't you
14: agree? I agree, but I blame the people. I mean, don't forget, Mayor Bill de Blasio was reelected by an overwhelming margin. So is it really the politicians' fault, or is it the people that keep on reelecting these morons into office? At some point, we have to take responsibility who – for who our political leaders are and you know i I, as far as corruption goes mayor de blasio has been investigated before nobody really knows what went on with that investigation but the fact remains that these policies you have a bunch of people in the bureaucracy that never held their real job don't know what it's like to go to work every day in a real job and they just create these pie-in-the-sky policies because let's face it it's not their money that they're using I mean, New York City is a financial disaster. And the United States as a whole is a financial disaster. And yet they keep on spending and they keep on raising taxes. We're seeing an exodus out of New York of young people because it's just too expensive to live. The rent is more than most people's mortgages here.
3: Yeah. And, you know, another thing uh, that's really destroying the city is the $15 minimum wage that the Democrats are trying to put in you know everywhere and here's the problem with that and I've talked about this many times is once you raise the minimum wage you're going to have so many different layoffs because an owner's ultimate objective is profiting as much as possible and he can't do that if he's paying all these people um, you know and it, it, it's a it's a it's really a, a death it's a death zone I mean there, there's nothing that good comes out of raising the minimum wage all it does is, is loss of jobs major loss of jobs speak on that, though, I
11: know that's hit
3: the city quite
14: quite hard. Well, it's just something that's not well thought out. So if you raise the minimum wage for the average employee, first of all, let's be clear that the jobs that we're talking about were never meant to sustain yourselves on. They were meant for younger people to make a living while they're in school and to have side money. So you're Beginner not, supposed be, raising the job, yeah. not should be
1: raising a family of four. You shouldn't be raising a family of
14: four with minimum wage job. In any event, though, if you right. raise the minimum wage to $15, well, then the trained security guard and the home health aide that was going to get $15, they would not want $20. The shift supervisor that was getting $15 is going to want $20. And so yeah. if you raise everyone's salary, then nobody gets raised cause just the cost of everything go up. Plus, you don't want to be sitting there talking about $15 minimum wage when you can be replaced by a robot. And that's what a lot of these Perhaps. people are being replaced by. You go into any McDonald's by my area, or most fast food restaurants, and you're ordering from a kiosk. A couple people in the store to help you out, like with the order, and that's it.
3: Yeah, I mean, and this is this is what technology is turned into. How evolved it is. It's getting rid of the everyday work, and eventually, it's going to dominate many industries, and it it already is in, in many. Uh, instances, um, but you know, I also I want to ask you. Tell, tell us about your your you're a very smart political scientist and you're a professor. Uh, tell us about that a little bit.
14: Well, I've been teaching for several years now, and, and one thing I realize is that most people, especially the youth, but adults too, I get adults in my classrooms too. They have very little understanding about how our government works. They have little understanding about the mechanics of our government. They don't know about the concept of federalism. They don't know American history. And my biggest problem with that is how can you appreciate the United States if you know nothing about it? And that's where we're seeing this push towards this socialism crap that's increasing in the United States. It's because they don't really know what socialism is, and they don't really know what makes the United States great. So you have more and more. Our education system has completely bottomed out. It's collapsed. The students aren't learning anything. And when they get into college level and I get them, I have to go back to the basics with them. I can't even teach them advanced theories or anything. i got to teach them about the checks and balances, the separation of powers. Why does Congress exist? Why does the executive branch exist? How do they function together? You know, the judicial branch being the overseer of the system. And it's scary out there, especially when you see the current crop of candidates on the Democrat side, especially when you see everything that's going on. Because I've been warning about the bureaucracy for the last 15 years, about how powerful it's become, how it's the genie's out of a bottle. Senator Schumer warned President Trump about the fact that the intelligence agencies have six ways to someday to get back at you. And we're now seeking it come to light. And it seems like everything, ideology has infected every aspect of life. So it used to be that... We have relationships, and we kept our politics separate. Now we infuse politics into our relationships. When we went to work, we kept our politics out of our work. Now ideology is infused in the workplace, and it's infused throughout the bureaucracy. You have a bunch of people in the bureaucracy that think they know what's better for the people than the people do themselves. You have people in the bureaucracy that think they know more, and they don't have to listen to the president of the United States, that he's not worthy to be president of the United States. and So they look to undermine him you have a congress who's turning a blind eye and this is both republican and democrats you know there's a few republicans that are fighting but for the most part they're turning a blind eye to the bureaucratic abuses that are leading to the potential of trying to remove donald trump from office and you know it's this country can survive a president whether the president's good or bad history will be the judge of that the country is right. not going to be able to survive if a bureaucracy has the capability to undo elections. And for right. Democrats, I always give them a warning: the bureaucracy and the Democrats now, right now have the same goal—that's to try and destroy Donald Trump. However, right. if they're successful, it's only a matter of time before the bureaucracy will turn on Democrats too. True. Sure. So very
1: it's,
14: true. It's scary out there. It is very, very well said. Very.
3: Uh, right on, right on point. Um, I, I do got a, I do got a few minutes left uh, with you, and I, I do want to ask you a few more things. Tell, tell us about this podcast you have. I, uh, you got to listen to some of it. I, I like it. Uh, you're very, you're very on point, and uh, you're always on point with your, with your journalist stuff too.
14: Well, the podcast is called the PAS Report podcast. PAS. And basically, I started it at the encouragement of my students as well as my appearances in the media, Tucker, and on the radio. And it's because yes. you can't get news anymore. News doesn't exist. You have an advocacy news media that's nothing more than an extension of the Democrat National Committee. And right. it's just about facts. It's not, I don't really come from to it from an ideological perspective. I mean, I am conservative and I freely admit that, but it's just about putting facts out there and letting the people to decide for themselves where they stand on a particular issue. It's warnings that I give out there. You know, I try and educate, and that's the most important thing that the media fails to do. The Democrats, there are a bunch of Democrats that want to change the way the Senate's made up. They want it to be a more representative body. And instead of the media educating the public on why this Senate is set up the way it is, they just let the Democrats say that it should be more representative and it's unfair. They don't challenge them in any way. I explain the Constitution. I explain our institutions, why they're important, and what's currently going on and why we need to fix the defects within the system. I explain the threat to the freedom of speech that we're seeing every day with people, Groups like Sleeping Giants that are trying to censor conservative uh, news programs because they're threatening advertisers for boycotts. And it's those things that I like to talk about on the podcast. I love it. I love it.
3: Um, I, I definitely uh, want to have you back here very soon. Uh, please tell everybody where they can connect with you and all that good stuff.
14: Sure. They could go to Twitter, uh, at PAS Report on Twitter, they could go to PASReport.com. They could find the podcast by either searching my name or typing in the PAS Report podcast on any major podcast platform. And they go to our website, PASReport.com.
3: Perfect, my friend. Well, well thank you so much. Uh, I definitely want to have you back soon. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. And, I appreciate uh, that. Thank
14: Absolutely. You.
3: Thank you.
7: Thank you, buddy. We'll talk Thanks soon. Me, thank all, you. Absolutely.
3: All right. Um, I'd like to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have – bear with me, everybody. We have U.S. Congress candidate, attorney, and successful businessman, Chris Engels. Chris, are you with us?
8: I am, Roy. How are you doing?
3: Doing very well. It's a little fuzzy, the connection. I don't – let's try it again.
8: I'm doing well, Roy. Great to be on your show.
3: It's a little fuzzy. You're breaking out a little bit.
8: I'm sorry about that, Roy. I'm on my landline, so we shouldn't have connection issues. Can you hear me now?
3: Yeah, it's still a little rumbly. Um, do you want to try calling back in real quick?
8: Yeah, let me try calling back.
2: All right. We'll wait. All right.
8: I will I will call off a different line.
2: All right. Sounds good. All righty. All righty. We're going to wait for Chris Engels is calling in right now. Bear with me, everybody. He's coming through. He's coming through. And I'm going to get to the panel. I I know the panel wants to has a lot of thoughts. I'm going to get to the panel here shortly. All righty, here we go. Yeah. And by
3: the way, that was a really great great interview. Loving the guests so far tonight. All righty. Uh, I believe we have him with us now, U.S. Congress candidate, attorney, and successful businessman, Chris Angles. Chris, are you with us?
8: I'm with you, Roy. How are you doing tonight?
3: Much better, much better. Uh, doing very well. Great to have you here. Uh, like I do with all my guests when they first come on, uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, bio, how it all started for you, and how you got to where you are now.
8: Well, you know, it all started in Mission Viejo, born and raised uh, here in Orange County, and uh, did my undergrad at Washington State, got a BA uh, in business administration with a highlight in economics. And then I graduated law school at Northwestern California uh, University in Sacramento. And uh, after I was done with my undergrad, I, I moved to Oregon and started a construction company and built that up to where it is today. And then got my law degree and moved back home to Orange County here in Newport Beach. Opened up my law firm and uh, then been here for about four years after being back home and decided to run for Congress after watching what was happening in our political climate and uh, what our politicians were doing to the common citizen.
3: Amen, brother. Amen. No, I I hear you Uh, 100 percent. And tell tell us. uh, So you. So what made you what made you come to this? You know, running, running for running for Congress, Uh, obviously, probably a lot of inspiration from Trump and seeing a lot of the corruption going on.
8: Well, you know, I've always had an interest in, in politics and I've kept my eye on it throughout the years. And, you know, once the political climate really changed and we shifted into this combative and obstructionist approach to legislation and it it you know it's mainly on the the liberal democrat side uh, that we're we're seeing this massive obstruction you see what's happening to the Trump administration uh during his term and the only thing they have on their mind is, is obstruction and not passing legislation and being in congress is about the people you're a servant and one of the platforms that I'm running on uh is that is that anyone in congress should never be considered a star, a rising star, a celebrity. They are servants. They're servants of the people. They're there to do a job, and that is to pass legislation to put America forward and to put America first. And for the first time in decades, we finally have a president in Donald Trump that's doing that. And I I support this president. I support his policies and the America First agenda. And I want to bring that to Congress, because right now we, we lost our, our district, as you know, California got swept uh, in the last election, and Harley Root is now sitting in the seat. And then we have a corrupt G- Orange County GOP uh, trying to put a career politician uh, that's controlled by her husband and uh, Fred Whitaker. And you know that's, that's exactly what the GOP is not supposed to stand for. So I'm here to expose the corruption of, of the OCGOP. I'm here to fight Hall, Harley Ruda and his Democrat policies, and I'm here to here to put an American into Congress for California's forty eight district in Orange County.
3: I love it, man. Amen. Amen. I, you know, I always talk about constantly on my show how D.C. and these politicians have lost the way of we the people. You know, they're totally out for their own self-interest, very greedy, uh, you know, very, very self-indulgent. And you know what I've, I've also noticed is that, and I've talked about, talk about this with other people, is California strangely, oddly, randomly went blue in, in Newport Beach, in that area, when it shouldn't have. Right? And I've heard about voter fraud and all this stuff in certain districts uh, in the Southern California area when it, where it gets more conservative, like Newport Beach and Orange County and stuff. Can you speak on that a little bit? I'm sure you're informed on that, right?
8: Absolutely, Roy, and and you're you're dead right, and it's it's even you know deeper than that. I mean, first we have the ballot harvesting, uh, which we all know is you know just right for fraud, and you know what's going on, and they don't actually even have to go out to the houses anymore. You know, I, I think they're doing this in in back rooms because I've I've been part of the Orange County registrars meetings for voting and how they go about it, the processes. You know, their sales pitch on how they're trying to secure the election. You know, the bottom line is, is if you have a utility bill, you can go down and vote. And we all know that anybody and their brother could get a utility bill. My dog could get a utility bill. In fact, we're thinking about running a a test with it and getting a utility bill in my dog's name and registering her to vote to see if it actually gets counted, because we believe that's going on and we believe the democrats are masters of this and play that game really well.
2: Yeah,
3: no no I hear you. They do. They do and you know you're you're absolutely right. Uh so t- tell me this. So what what do you see uh wait, who are you? Who's your competition in this primary? Have you
8: seen who you're running again? Yeah, we've got uh, Harley who's the incumbent and then you have Michelle Steele uh, who's already been nominated by the OCGOP because they changed the rules this year for her so that they could nominate her before the jungle primary. And coincidentally enough, her husband is an elected official of the Republican National Committee and former chairman of the California Republican Party. And their best friend is Fred Whitaker, who's the chairman of the Orange County GOP. So you tell me if you smell a rat, because I certainly smell one.
3: So, in other words, you're the only pro Trump candidate running and the others are rhinos.
8: Correct. And, you know, she sits on one of Trump's Asian advisory boards. But, you know, she's just like the snake in the grass, where Trump has a lot of enemies within his own circle, doesn't even know it. And I personally met with Fred Whitaker and the Orange County GOP. He flat out told me they don't support Trump. And Fred Whitaker and Sean Steele are going to be operating the remote control of Michelle Steele. If you listen to her speak, she's not a great, great communicator. And I I understand that, you know, she does bring something to the table in the fact that she's the the first Korean American to run for office. But I'll tell you what, I'm I'm married to a first-generation 100% Chinese woman. And I understand, you know, the Asian people just as well. And I know one thing's darn sure. If my wife were on his advisory board, he'd have a friend, Sitting with him in that advisory board, not a snake in the grass.
1: Yeah,
3: no, I, I hear you. I hear you. And you know, um, tell tell us the tell us the areas your district covers that you're running for in
1: in Orange
8: County. So the 40th district runs uh, from North Laguna Beach all the way to Seal Beach. You're cutting you're cutting out a little bit. Okay, we we run from Laguna Beach up to Seal Beach. And yep. then inland, we come basically to the 405 freeway that runs uh, parallel to the coast there. So you know, we cover Costa Mesa, we cover Huntington Beach, um, uh, Corona Del Mar, obviously Newport Beach, uh, and that's that's sort of our general area. We we pick up a little pockets uh, in Fountain Valley, but they're they're very small the way the lines are drawn. Oh, no, I, I
3: hear you. I hear you, and uh, you know. Uh... I talk about on my show all the time how California, it still is a beautiful place, but at one point it was the most desirable place to go. But ever since all these evil politicians have gotten put in charge, it's it's you know became a, a hell a, you know a hellhole in certain ways. But it it really needs to be taken back. You know I miss the old California. It's becoming so radicalized with homeless epidemic and feces everywhere and needles and uh, all these illegals rushing in—it's—it's it's really
8: bad. It really is. Well, I'm glad that you brought up the homeless issue because that—that that is the number one issue that's facing our our county. And you know, I've done something I don't think hardly anybody's done—if anybody's done it—and we just put this on our our website a couple of weeks ago. I came up with what's called the R squared program to solve the homeless crisis that we've got going on right yeah. now. And it's right. not just you know an idea, it's a solution, from start to finish, and it involves right. local, state and federal governments working together at, from a start-to-finish uh, solution. And I invite anybody to go to Electangles.com. It's on my website as well as all the solutions for all the issues. I have everything out there. I don't just talk about the problems. All my solutions are on my website and I invite anybody to go take a look at it. And after you do, Democrat or Republican, I dare you not to vote for me. Because if you look at my solutions, they they're right down the middle. They they bring in parts from from both sides because the bottom line is is both sides have workable ideas. It's all about working yes. together and and that's part of our govern together philosophy in right you know having an open mind working together and solving the problems for the people.
3: Absolutely. Uh, What are the first three things that you feel are the most important uh, when you get elected to fix in your area?
8: Number one is the homelessness crisis. Um, Hands down, everybody that I talk to, uh, it's it's an issue. Uh, All the way up to big business, where big businesses are being asked for checks for more money to solve the problem. And as we know, giving politicians more money doesn't solve the problem. Um behind that with California, we face the illegal immigration issue uh it, there's no doubt about it. It affects our economy uh it affects our our welfare system, and it, it is it is also affecting the inner communities where we're having these pockets of illegal aliens come in reside, and they're they're not assimilating to our American values and we need to bring our American values back. We don't need Guatemala's values. We don't need Mexico's values. We, we don't need Venezuela's values. And those are that's what's infiltrating our county and America. And Donald Trump is right standing up for it. And, and we have to address that. The other issue, Rory, is we got to address the healthcare and the rising drug prices. Prescription drug prices right. are out of control. Um, yeah, Obamacare raised my premiums 533%. Jesus Christ. And, and I'm a 42 year old young man to some people. what is that, yeah. you know, what, is do to what does it do to the 55 year old? What does it do to the 60 year old who can't make that, that adjustment for that 533% increase? I I'm fortunate yeah. enough that I, I've, I had a, I had great family values had a great dad, got a great mom, and they instilled a work ethic in me, went to school, did the right things. I wasn't perfect. I don't think anybody is. But when you work hard, the American dream becomes possible. And it's not given. It's earned. And it's time we got back to that. And the Democrats and their free, free, free is not teaching anybody how to earn anything. And then we wonder why that they they can't function in the workplace.
3: So true, man. So true. So on point. Uh, spot on. Uh, I really love having you on, man. I definitely want to get you back
8: soon. Uh, please tell everybody where they
3: can connect with you.
8: Uh, they can com- connect with me at electangles.com. Uh, that's E-N-G-E-L-S on the last name. Uh, on Twitter, uh, at electangles. Facebook, at electangles. Everything's at Electangles. Just Google it. it; it'll pop up. Uh, you can give us a call at nine four nine five two zero eighteen fifty. We answer the phone. We will we will call you back. Um, send us an email at chris at electangles you, you, There's millions of ways to get a hold of us. Just Google it. Reach out. We're there. Absolutely,
3: my friend. Well, thank you so much, and uh, have a great night. We'll talk to you
8: soon. Thank you, Rory. You too.
2: Absolutely. Take care. All right. All righty, everybody. Great, great guest tonight. Um,
3: we still got a few minutes left in the show. I'm going to get to everybody on the panel. Don't worry. We have probably have about, yeah, about 20 minutes left, so I can do this last talking point, and I can get to every single person.
2: Um, but yeah, you know, I'm just going to get right into it. Um, you know, these and, – and I understand majority of the time they are justified, and they are, you know, needed, and it's necessary for
3: what these cops have to go through. But there are those very few occasions where the cop makes a bad choice in judgment. And we saw that just the other night. Um I I you know, I don't recall the the white officer's name, but he he went up to a doorstep um and some woman was some African American woman was sitting in her house um and he shot through the window. And she died.
2: One
1: I think it
3: was one shot. But now and, and you know, this, this this is funny because not the situation's not funny at all. But it's funny how all the facts didn't come out, but now they actually have came out. And apparently, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this woman had a gun in her hand sitting in her by her window because she was under the impression that an intruder was coming into her house. So in these sort of situations, it's very, it's, it's a tricky, it's complicated, it's it's not easy to, to to pick a side. You know, the officer obviously felt startled and reacted, but at the same time, this woman was in her own house, and to my understanding, she had the gun legally. So I mean that you know you're you're dealing with such a a, a, a issue that causes a lot of controversy. I mean, don't get me wrong, ninety percent of uh, these shootings are justified by the cops. I mean, we've seen it many times how they're justified. Michael Brown was a menace. Uh, Trayvon Martin was a menace. Uh, All these situations, uh, not all, like I said, though, most, 90% are, are justified. And, you know, even when they're justified, you have the liberal media that will call racism, they'll call hate crime, they'll jump to all these conclusions without knowing any of the facts. And, you know, this is scary in the sense that, Cops are nervous to do their jobs properly because they don't want to be put in a situation like this because it's been so much of a media headline for the last couple years. Ever since Obama, you know, took over and has been anti-cop and been on the side of of these thugs, it's it's totally taken our country so far back and in the wrong direction. So, you know, and this is something I really want to – I want to figure out. I want people – to feel safe. I don't I don't want innocent people getting shot, but we really got to also address and, and face the music on the ones that are justified. I mean, it has to be called out more. The ones that are justified, you know, people have to stop saying these people are victims when they're attacking police officers, when they're causing all this chaos and putting others in harm's way. You know what I mean? But uh, like these situations that happened the other day, <laughs> it's like it really opens a tough court case because you have all these different what ifs. Um Michael Valsi, you're you're you used to be a police chief and a homicide detective. Uh what are your thoughts
5: on this? Well Roy I have a lot of thoughts on this subject, but I can tell you this uh, this whole issue uh began with the enabling of the Barack Obama presidency.
1: Yes. You know how yes. yes.
5: people yes. like Al Schwartz and allowing the the creation of Black Lives Matter. And then you have the media. The media does not report anything accurately. And I'm telling you, I know that from years of experience. I mean, it's just hard to get the media to report without uh, distorting or leaving out key facts. Uh, In the case you just cited, I didn't hear about that case. I can tell you this. There's ways to handle that properly. I don't know what those circumstances were. Now, if she pointed that gun out that window at that policeman, that that changes the whole uh, concept. Uh, But the proper way for him to handle that, if he looked through the window and saw a woman with a gun, would be to call for some backup and then ascertain, you know, if she had the gun legally or whatever. The problem I see is that, you know, the majority of people in the United States support the police 100%. You know, I worked in the inner city for years. And, the, and the, they love policemen. They wanted policemen to do their job. They didn't want to live in a crime-ridden area, you know. And the media is taking the radicals and and in, and uh, enabled basically to go against the police. And what it's done, and you can see this in some of these uh, liberal communities, is that the police are not policing anymore. You know, they're uh, they're afraid. And that's a shame because the people, the good people in those communities are suffering. The people who can't afford to move out of, the, out of the inner city. The people who can't afford to upgrade their living conditions. You know, they want a better life, but they want the police to do their job. But I, I, yeah. I have to defend the police in most cases. I've only seen one or two cases recently that I really raised an eyebrow. One was in Chicago. You're probably familiar with that one, too. Well, the guy was shot 16 times or something. I mean, Yeah, some or he's he running away, really yeah. Lost. And I also understand adrenaline, too. I've seen guys shot multiple times, and they keep coming. You know, Adrenaline yep. is a very, very powerful thing. But that case I thought was a little bit shaky. Uh, there's been a couple of others, but not very many. I think the media yeah. distorts the majority of them, and I don't think there's any question about that. And I just, I just
3: wanted to confirm. I, I read that. I read it the wrong source. The woman, the woman was unarmed. The woman was didn't have a gun in her hand. So I read, I read some, some a wrong source somewhere that she had a gun in her hand. What, what did
5: that, uh, so, what did that oh, happen sorry. at? What, did that, what uh, did that
3: happen at? I believe,
5: I believe it was,
3: was it Texas? Yeah, Fort Worth, Texas.
5: Yeah, I'll have to look that up.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, these, these situations keep happening, though. I, you know, I'm really worried about our, our law enforcement and, and what they have to deal with on a regular basis because it's not safe out there for anybody. really is. It's a
5: tough job. You know the only thing, Rory, is now you have cameras everywhere. You know, yeah. it never was that way before. Every Everything policemen do now is scrutinized. When people see a video; they don't have any audio to go with it, or they, you know, maybe it's a a, a, a street cam or whatever, or a cell phone cam. They they right. don't have they don't they don't have all the facts, and then the media jumps to conclusions and distorts everything out of proportion.
6: Right. No, I
3: I hear you. No, you're you're at you're absolutely right.
5: Um, let's go to
3: let's go to Mike Peters. Mike Peters, I know you have some thoughts. Go ahead, buddy.
10: Hey, Rory, how are you? There's an article, if you look it up right now, NBC Channel 5. um, Apparently, the victim's nephew told the police now that she pointed the gun at the window after hearing noises. And that's a quote from Chief Edward Krause, who says there's no excuse for the shooting. Uh, Aaron Dean's defense attorney tells NBC5 that Dean is sorry and his family is in shock. And apparently, the officer showed up and it was a welfare check, and one report said that the front door was open, or the door to the apartment or house or whatever was open. Now, that should be the first red flag for any officer, like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And he hears something right. going on inside the house. They were playing Call of Duty. I don't know how loud it was. But so he went to look around the window. She heard something, or and she turned the window with the gun and, I guess, pointed it at the, from the sounds of it. So, I, you know, but they didn't say that at first. So right away, the media loves to turn it into anti-cop and, oh, my God, call Antifa, call Black Lives Matter and everybody and their brother, and can we make some money on this? Let's ruin the cop's life. I, You know, but the chief's right. Maybe did he have split second? Did he have the time? Milliseconds no to decide? Should I back away and call backup? Or she's pointing a gun at me? Was she pointing it directly at him? Well, that's what the nephew said. So, you know, there's more to the story. And which, with I media as we learned, there's there's always more to the story. <laughs> there's always yeah, more okay. to it.
13: You're, you're yeah. absolutely
3: right. As, I mean, you know, and, and I'm glad you confirmed that because I thought for a second I was reading a fake source, but it turns out it is true. She was pointing a gun yep. uh, at the window. So, okay, so now there's more for, you know, the, the, the courts to work with and the defense. I mean, this is... These are hard situations. These are really difficult situations. Um, Richard, go ahead. I know you've got a lot of thoughts. Go ahead, my friend.
4: Yes, sir. You know, I want to talk about what the gentleman that's running for Congress in the Newport Beach, Orange County area. And here in California, as as you know, I had uh, changed my uh, voter registration from uh, no party participation to Republican. You know, when I changed my the party affiliation, I thought I was going to have uh, open arms from the local Republican Party. And it's quite right. the opposite uh, here because they're not really Republicans in California. You know, they're just, you know, on the other team, but they're more like Democrats. So so the battle here uh, for the Trump Republicans is not just with the Democrats, which, you know, that's easy. Okay, you guys are the Democrats. It's with the, with the uh, elitist Republican. Now, there's a story in the National Review uh, by our mayor, uh, Mayor Falconer of San Diego, and this is what he said uh, in the National Review Mayor Falconer stated the upcoming mayoral race in San Diego won't feature a Republican candidate. Well, they all know I'm running for uh, mayor. So he stated yesterday in the National Review that there is no Republican candidate for mayor in San Diego, even though I am uh, listed in the Union Tribune and all the other articles. They did a big story on me on ABC News that everybody saw here locally that I'm running for mayor, but yet he'll tell the National Review that there is no Republican running for mayor. It even goes farther than that. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, there was a big gala for, you know, come celebrate your local Republican officials. Well, I had purchased a uh, VIP ticket for $250 uh, as, you know, the only person running as a Republican. I'm the only guy running as a Republican for mayor in San Diego. When they found out it was me, uh, they disinvited me uh, to the local San Diego uh, Republican gala. So, you know, your, uh, your last guest or the guest, you know, a couple of times before that's running in Orange County, he had it right. And it's not just we're battling Democrats, we're battling Republicans that don't like Trump. And if you read that article in National Review, what they're really talking about is republican life. You know, they really want to be more like the Democrats. And he's, uh, Mayor Falconer is stating that we need to differentiate ourselves from the National Republican Party. Well, I'm running as a Trump Republican, and they don't like that. And I told them, my right. campaign is an insurgency campaign as a Trump Republican, because, as I told you before, uh, you know a few shows back, I would have never registered as a Republican except for the fact that our president is a Republican, and I'm supporting yeah. President Trump. So there's a huge civil war going on in Cal- California in the GOP And you know, I promised the uh, the local uh, Trump Republicans, that we're going to remake the San Diego Republican Party in the image of our great president, Donald J. Trump. And they don't like that. They don't like it at all. They want to keep the status quo, and there's been so much corruption going on here in San Diego. I mean, you can just Google all the corruption that's been going on in San Diego. They're all feeding from the trough, you know, just like what we got going on with the Chinese, with LeBron, with uh, Pastor Knack with uh, Biden, you know, it's the same thing here. They don't want to uh, ruin the status quo. And so, you know, you got the same thing happening with Trump. It's not just the Democrats that are going after Trump. We've got Bolton going after him. You know, you brought up the neocons, you know, it, it's yep. amazing. You know, and you got Romney. So you have all these people that you would think would be on your side who are actually out there uh, sniping for you. You know, it, it's just amazing. And so I just wanted to touch on what uh, the gentleman in Orange County had brought up, because that is the problem here in California. It's not just the Democrats. It's not just the Gavin Newsom and the the liberal agenda. It's the phony Republicans. And I told them, I said, you either get aboard the Trump train or you get the hell out of the way. Well, our district attorney here just dropped her Republican registration now she is undecided mpp yeah so they're bailing out you know they're bailing out they don't want to support trump and that's fine you know that's fine because the people here in san diego they support trump the republicans the people the average person the military we have the military here they support the president so that's who i'm backing i'm backing our, uh, the it. men and women, the hardworking men and women of San Diego, our military, that support our president. And God bless America. God bless Donald J. Trump, our president love, and our founder, love, you know, just doing a phenomenal job.
3: I love it. I love it. Tell everybody where they can communicate with you.
4: Uh, they can reach me at richardmhansen.com. That's R I C H A R D Amazon Mark, Hansen, com, Or they can go to Richard M. Hansen on LinkedIn or Richard M. Hansen on Facebook. Uh, just type in Richard M. Hansen and you'll be able to find me.
3: Sounds good, my friend. Always a pleasure.
4: Well, I really enjoy being on your show. You're doing a great service for, for the Trump Republicans out there. Never forget, that's what this battle is about. It's about the Trump Republicans and protecting Absolutely. our president.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Topher, are you with us? Go
13: ahead, Topher. You got some thoughts? Yeah, uh, oh, definitely got some thoughts, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Uh, a lot of really yeah. good people. Uh, that guy Chris, uh, I think Angles. Uh, what you said from yeah. my neck of the woods, where I'm from originally. Um, yeah, man, he hit it right on the head, man. Uh, he hit the, was it the hammer right on the head or whatever the saying is. Um, yeah, I, I really like his uh, – I really like what he's going for and what he's standing for. Uh, a couple quick points of uh, to bring up from the past or from the beginning of the show. LeBron James, man, this guy – look, I'm not going to ask uh, President Trump how to throw a curveball. So LeBron James can't get in there and tell me anything about politics. I mean, the guy's siding with commies. He's irrelevant. He's at the end of his career. He just won – he made a bad move by going to the Lakers. He
10: just wants to
13: uh, try and stay relevant the same way as uh, Kaepernick did with his whole, you know, protesting the, the uh, national anthem. It's just has been athletes that are trying to stay on and make money by staying in the media or staying in the uh, public eye.
1: Excuse me. Yeah.
13: Um, in regards to uh, Hunter Biden, well, yeah, he disappeared for a couple of weeks and came back because he was being coached on what to say. The guy reminds me of Matthew McConaughey on Beach Bum. You know, I mean, he's not qualified to run a burger team i don't know why he's running businesses um you know and i'm actually happy uh right now because uh the last polls that i saw warren was in front of biden i can't yep. wait for Trumps when when i went to that trump rally or i didn't get in but i stayed a little bit and heard some of his speech and whatnot uh on the projector outside but <clears throat> right Oh man, that Pocahontas thing was just the tip of the iceberg. He he even said I, he's got so much stuff. It's just not the time yet to come out with it. But he's got so much stuff on her. Yeah, he's not sweating anybody on the on the uh, demon product side or whatever it's called. Um, I mean, there's so much going in politics right now, and it's it's not really politics. It's a soap opera. These Democrats are just just making themselves look like idiots. And it's so much fun to watch. As a comedian, I personally really appreciate them, and I love the content. Um, but as an American, I'm I'm scared that there's enough, you know, people who are just misinformed that might actually vote for them. That's a scary thought, you know, to have any one of them. You can pick any one of them. <clears throat> I'm glad to see a lot of them have dropped out. I think they're down to, you know, only 300 uh, candidates. So that's you know that's that's good. That's good. I don't know. Is is Dito still in the race?
2: Yeah, he was on the debate stage tonight.
13: Uh, I, I didn't even get you know.
2: Yeah, I, what a I clown show sure that
13: was. It, it's the same. It's the same old,
3: same old. You know, Medicare for all. You know, raise taxes on the on the middle class. Bring bring yeah. illegals in. It, it's it's the most backwards third world ideology, and it's the same as last debate. They got no legitimate or constructive talking points, it's all free, 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 <laughs> communism.
13: It's not free. I mean, it's free to the person yeah. that doesn't have a job. Right. Right. <laughs> That's what's free, too, unfortunately. I I would I, – I'll announce it right now on the Rory Slaughter Show. I, I would love to debate Beto O'Rourke. First oh, yeah. thing i go on is I would Me correct too. him on – I would correct him on how to pronounce his damn name. Beto is not a nickname for Robert it's Vito isn't even a nickname for, Re, for Roberto. The nickname for Roberto is Beto. I grew up right. in LA and I am Hispanic and if anybody would have called one of my friends Roberto Beto, oh my gosh. That, that's not a nickname. He need, he's, he needs to stop trying to pander to the Hispanic community. He's not really Hispanic. His name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> but I mean he's it's a just, joke. Just, this this, he, they all are. They really are. But the one good thing, I saw uh, Bernie Sanders in an interview, a little snippet of an interview. Since his heart attack, yeah. he's stopped yelling at me, and I really appreciate that. Was he yelling <laughs> at the Democratic debate tonight?
3: Uh, no, it, it actually seems like he's a little calmer, which, uh, you know, it's good for like it's good for his heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, for, No, it really uh, is.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, it really is. Absolutely. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you. I do got to close out in about a minute.
13: Yeah, no problem. Uh, everybody can connect with me on uh Twitter at Topher Frank One. Um it's T O P H E R F R A N K I'm sorry, F R A N K one. And um yeah, if you um follow me, I'll follow you back. I always follow back Patriots and MAGA. Thank you again, Rory, for having me on your show, man. Anytime I love being on here, man.
2: Absolutely. And, oh, well, we love I didn't get to
13: you. watch the Democratic I didn't get to watch the Democratic debate because I was uh listening to the Rory Summer show.
2: <laughs> okay. Did you did you did you felt did you record it the debate? The um,
13: uh, I think uh, uh, Prime Time or Prime whatever it's called on my Dish Network uh, automatically records crap. So I'm pretty sure. That's yeah, right. I'm gonna go. Yeah,
3: I, I watched some <laughs> of it, and I'm gonna go watch the rest of it. I mean, it's it's a real doozy, though. It's a real. Uh, I mean, it just it's so so pathetic. But yeah, it's definitely funny. Definitely, gi- I could see why it well, gives. A Comedian Like You material, it's definitely easy for that.
13: <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to watch it because I like, you know, I like comedies and I like uh, fiction. So, you know, it's right up my right. eyes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, my thank you.
2: Well, always great always great having you. All right. Thank you so much, Rory. I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Michael Balsy, please tell everybody where they can connect with you.
6: Let me see here. I'll make sure I got Michael Balsy. see here. Michael
3: Balsy, so, uh, me... please tell everybody where they can connect with you.
5: Thanks, Roy. A great show tonight. You can connect with me on uh, Twitter at Michael Balci, B A L S I, and uh, I'll answer any DMs or whatever. Thanks again, Sounds Roy. Good, my friend.
3: Great- well, thank you. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. All righty, everybody. Uh, it's been a fantastic week of the Rory Sauter Show. Um, you know, like I said, uh, usually we have shows on Thursday but we won't be doing a show this Thursday. I have an event to go to, and then there's a Trump rally. But I will be back live with you on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on 1100 KFNX AM radio, and then I will be back here doing my shows all week next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday of next week. So until, until then, until Saturday, uh, I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your week, and uh, it's always a pleasure being with all of you. I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, sponsors and audience. Uh it's 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 an amazing gift being able to shine my light with all of you and uh giving my uh my beautiful insight. All right guys. We'll talk to you later. I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega.
2: God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.